0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I'm really excited to be able to share with you this morning. Um, I absolutely love this church, Um, not just the the Sunday morning services like this one, but but I, I love this church. I love you guys. I love the people in this room, and and for myself and my wife, and we've been here for three or four years now, and we really feel like we found family here. This really feels like home to us, and so it's such a privilege to be able to share with you this morning what I feel like God has put on my heart. Some people describe me as competitive. I said, why? I don't know why people laugh. They did that at the first service. People describe me as competitive, okay? And it's not true. I'm not competitive. The people that say that, they're just sore losers, okay? (laughs) But there was this one time, I was at a Christmas event, and they announced from stage uh, that they'd cooked way too many Brussels sprouts. And so rather than just throwing them all out, what they were going to do is they were going to have a Brussels sprout eating competition. Who could eat the most in a certain amount of time? Now, I just thought to myself, I can win that. There's, that's easy. I can win that. I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to prove to everyone, one, that I'm the best. And two, I just wanted to put everyone else to shame. So I, just, I didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. So um, I know what you're all thinking. You are thinking, he's competitive. I'm not. Okay, I'm not. But um, anyway, I, d- I don't know how many of you have eaten uh, nearly 60 sprouts. Um, but from my personal experience, what I can tell you is... When you hit 60, when you hit that number 60, it becomes a make-or-break situation at that point. Um, it, really, it really does. You kind of hit a brick wall. The way I can describe it is, um, has anyone run a marathon? Anyone run a marathon? Okay, a few people. Brilliant, well done. I've not, personally. If I did, I'd probably win. But <laughs> I've been told by people who have run marathons, okay, when you get to around mile 18, you hit a bit of a brick wall. And you have to decide there and then, are you going to carry on? Are you going to push through or are you going to just give up? And I'm told by a lot of people that if you carry on, you enter kind of zombie mode and you just, people have run it, is that right? You just kind of, you know your legs are moving, you know you're heading in, in that direction and you just kind of zombie it all the way to the finish line. That's a perfect illustration of how I felt with these Brussels sprouts, except I think it was probably worse for me. I started getting the shakes, I started sweating, I couldn't see properly and, and, and I just thought, you know what, this is it. I have to give up. I'm going to have to give up. I can't, I can't eat anymore. And then I hear the person next to me say, 65. I've eaten 65. And I think, Lord, I can't eat 60 Brussels sprouts to then lose this prize. So I push on. I eat 66. That person eats 67. I eat 68. And it goes on and on and on till we get to nearly 100 OK, but Life Central family, you'll be proud of me. You'd be proud to hear that eventually I won. I did it. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Thank you. I did it. Thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Unfortunately, the prize that I won was more Brussels sprouts. I wasn't expecting that. Um, but the point is, I won. I won the glory and now I get to stand on stage and tell it to hundreds of people <laughs> everywhere. Now, the reason I tell that story is, is just to show off really um, I'm going to try and link it to, uh, to my talk this morning. There is a point. I am joking. The point that I want to make is this. I gave it everything. I gave it everything that I had to win that prize. And I believe for the Christians in the room, as Christians in this life, we are meant to give Jesus our everything. We're meant to give him absolutely everything. And I want to read from the Bible Um, A book called Philippians. I want to read Philippians 1, verse 20 to 21. Now, Philippians is a book in the Bible. It's actually a letter uh, written by a guy called Paul. And at this point in time, Paul is in prison and he's waiting the verdict. Is he going to be sentenced to death for being a Christian or is he going to be released? And he writes this letter to his friends and he says to his friends, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed But have sufficient courage, so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. As I say, Paul at this point is in prison, and he's genuinely facing the verdict, is he going to die or is he going to live? And he writes in this letter, he basically says, either way, it doesn't really matter to me. Because if I die, I gain because I get to be with Jesus. And if I live, I get to tell more and more people about how good God has been to me. And I want to focus on that first little bit um, this morning. I want to focus on the bit that says, for me, to live is Christ, lest the... to die is again, I want to focus on the for me to live is Christ. And uh, we're all still alive, I think, the people in this room. So I think this applies to us. And I believe that this is the attitude that we need to have as the body of Christ, as the church. Okay? Our lives need to equal Christ, our lives need to equal Jesus. So everything that we do, everything that we say, It all has to point back to Jesus. But there's so many different things in life that can get in the way of that. There's so many different things that can stop that from happening. And I want to touch on two points this morning. There are two questions. The first one is this Am I distracted? And the second one is Am I comfortable? Am I distracted? And am I comfortable? So am I distracted? I asked Jess, I said, I need an illustration for this. I need need an illustration for kind of distraction. Have you got any thoughts, any ideas? And she said to me, well, what about you just every day? Which I thought was a bit harsh. So I'm not going to use that. Uh, But I I worked in in Starbucks a couple of years ago. I worked in Starbucks for a couple of months. And um, for a number of different reasons, I was at a bit of a low point in my life. I felt quite low. I felt quite down. Um, Jess and I had just got engaged. That wasn't the cause. That wasn't the cause before you worry. That wasn't the cause of me feeling down. But we got engaged and we had no money for a wedding. And life felt particularly stressful. Life felt particularly overwhelming. And uh, I had an opportunity when I worked in Starbucks because I had colleagues that had no idea of who Jesus really was. I had colleagues who had no idea about Jesus. I also interacted with customers, hundreds of people, every single day that didn't know Jesus. And I had the opportunity in that time to share about Jesus with them. I had the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. But the thing is, guys, I missed it. In the few months I was there, I missed that opportunity because I was distracted. Life was crazy. Life was hectic. I was busy. And so I just didn't take that opportunity. I was distracted. And in life, things don't always go the way that we plan, do they? Yeah? We've all lived a few years. We all, we all know that life isn't perfect. It's not all sunshine and, and rainbows. It's hard at times. There's things that are really, really tough. I can't even imagine some of the things that the people in this room, some people in this room are going through at the moment. Life can be really, really hard. But we can't let it stop us from giving Jesus everything and going all in. Paul was in prison, okay? So I, I say life was difficult for me. I was getting married and I just didn't have the money for a wedding. This guy's facing life or death, So he has all the excuse in the world to say, you know, I'm a bit preoccupied at the moment. But he doesn't say that. He's actually really, really excited. In this letter, he explains how excited he is because the people in the prison and the the people who are the the security guards, they're, they're all hearing about Jesus. He's taking that opportunity to tell them about Jesus. People are getting to know Jesus. And then they're preaching about how good God is. Lives are being changed because Paul didn't let his circumstances Distract him. And I suppose the question is, how how can we be like that? How can I be like that? And uh, when I was thinking about this and praying about this, I felt like God really challenged me. He said, you need to trust in my perspective. You need to see things from my perspective, because things can happen in our lives, can't they? Things can happen, difficult times can, can come about, and we see it from our perspective. We see it from our point of view. But actually, God says we need to trust in him. He has a higher perspective. He has a higher understanding of what's going on. And in that moment, in that, through that difficulty, we need to not be distracted, but we need to put our trust in God's perspective. Now, can I just say, putting your trust in God's perspective doesn't mean you see God's perspective, I'm so guilty of saying, God, just show me, show me, show me, show me the next step, show me the next, uh, how you, uh, what you, what's going to happen, show me how you're going to come through for me. But I've realised that that doesn't happen all the time. I've realised that that just isn't how God works all the time. That's why we need faith, because we have to trust even when we don't see. I had to put this into practice recently. I about six weeks ago, I handed in my notice at my job with no job to go to. And uh, I was a little bit nervous. I was a little, bit, a little bit scared about what was going to happen. And Dan was leading worship at either an encounter or on a Sunday morning. I can't remember which one. But he was leading worship. And he said something that, that really stuck with me. He said, we need to trust God and we need to praise God in the miracle yeah when God comes through when God provides a miracle when God gives us the answer we need to praise God but we also need to remember to praise him in the mystery and I stood there like God how 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 do I do 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 that? How how can I trust in something that I can't see? How can I uh, believe that there's a particular outcome that's going to happen when I can't see it? And I felt like God answered me. I felt like he really clearly said, he said, Jack, look at the Bible and look at your own life. Has there ever been a time where I haven't come through for you? I had to just stand back and go, no, you always come through. It might not be in the way that I expect. It might not be in the way that I want at the time, but God always comes through. And we don't have to see things from God's perspective, but we do have to trust him in the middle of the mystery. I don't know what that is for you, but I really feel like God wants to say that. You need to trust me. In the middle of your circumstance, you might not see the miracle, you might not see the end, you might not see the finish line, but there is one, and you have to trust me in the middle of the mystery that you're in. The second question was Am I comfortable? Comfortable would suggest that uh, things in life are going really well. You know, things are great. In fact, it doesn't even need to be really great, it's just fine. Things in life are fine. Yeah, things are fine. The job's fine. The family, they're fine. Retirement, yeah, it's fine. It's what I expected. And I'm not saying those things are bad in themselves, but, but the danger with those things, when life is going absolutely fine, the danger is this. We're at risk of settling. When things are going fine, we can start to take a bit of a back, a back seat and we can take our, our foot off the accelerator. We're not pressing into God because things are fine. We don't need God. But that's not true. God doesn't call us to settle. There's an elderly couple at the church that I grew up in. Um, their names are Derek and Barbara. And they, uh, they went into a care home full time. And they said, you know what? This isn't going to stop us. We know we're meant to reach people for Jesus. And so what they did was they started running a carol service around Christmas time. And they invited everybody in the home to come along and to hear about Jesus. They also set up a church on a Sunday so people could come and actually hear about God because they said, do you know what, we're not going to settle. It would have been so easy for them to say, do you know what, we've done our time, we've worked really hard, we've kind of earned ourselves a little bit of time to just relax and chill. Or they could have even said, do you know what, we're actually restricted now. We're quite restricted because we're in a home and we can't can't do things like we used to. But they said, no, no, there is no such thing as retirement in the kingdom of God. We are not going to settle and we are not going to get comfortable. So how do we stop ourselves from getting comfortable? How do we recognize when we are getting comfortable? I have to ask myself this question and I try and remind myself to ask it as often as I can. But I have to ask myself When was the last time I was uncomfortable? And I challenge you to ask that to yourself. When was the last time you were uncomfortable? Because I honestly believe that God wants us to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah? And I felt like I was getting comfortable a couple of months ago. I felt like I was starting to settle in my faith. And so, uh, and so I sent a message to Tom Gregory, he's part of this church, and I said, Tom, we need to go out for a coffee, let's hang out. We met up for a coffee, and I said to him, Tom, I feel like uh, I, I'm settling. I feel like I'm comfortable. I feel like God isn't moving in my life the way that I think he should be. But I think that's because I've, I've settled. And he said, you know what? Let's pray. We, we decided we'd pray. And we said, let's get uncomfortable then. And we prayed and we said, God, is there anybody in Starbucks right now that you'd like us to go over and speak to? And we prayed for a bit. A few minutes later, God gave us the same person. And the message that we felt like God gave us for that person was nearly identical. And so we were like, okay, God, we're going to do it. We're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to do it. We're going to step out. We're not going to settle. So we got up and we walked across the room. And we looked down at this guy and I said to him, excuse me, would it be okay if we just took a seat? We'd, we'd love to take a, take a minute just to, just to chat with you. And he said, guys, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm joking. He didn't say that. <laughs> I had you. I had you. He he didn't say that at all. He looked back up. He looked back up and he said, What? Uh, n- no, no? What? Uh, no? And he picked up his things and he ran out of the room. He ran out of Starbucks. And me and Tom were just left, stood there like, Oh, this is really awkward. This is so awkward. And just like slowly, like, okay, let's just head back to our seats whilst everybody's looking at us. It was so, so awkward. But that's the thing. When we step out and when we get uncomfortable, it doesn't always go the way that we plan. But just doing that, just stepping out, that brought me to life. That gave me a fresh excitement for what I believe God wants to do in my life. He said, do you know what? It might not always go the way you planned, but you stepped out. You got comfortable getting uncomfortable. And I don't want to play it safe in this life. I don't want to play it safe because I'm scared of what people are going to think of me. I don't want to play it safe because that's the comfortable thing to do. I want to get to the end of my life and I want to get to heaven and I want to stand in front of Jesus and I want to be able to say to him, Jesus, I gave you everything. I went all in and I gave you everything. And I don't feel like I can wholeheartedly say that right now. Just to be really honest, I don't feel like I can can say that at the moment. But what I can say is, Jesus, I'm trying to give you everything. I'm trying to give you everything. And that's where it starts. It needs to start with, start with us wanting to give God everything we've got. It might not always work out. You will get things wrong, but that's fine. We've got to want to try and give God our everything. Because we believe as Christians, don't we? We believe that, that Jesus came and lived a perfect life. This is what we believe. Jesus lived a perfect life. All he did was help people. All he did was love people. All he did was heal and give an identity to people. That's all he did. And still, we hung him on a tree and he suffocated and died. And then three days later, he rose again and he defeated death so that now, if we believe in him, we can do the same. We can conquer death because he's done it already. That's what we believe. And we ask ourselves um, on Sunday mornings after each talk, we've started asking the two questions. What has God taught you and what are you going to do about it? And I just wonder, what would it look like what would it look like for us to say, God, I remember what you've done every morning? And just sit in that for a bit. And don't just rush past it. Just sit in that. God, Jesus, I remember what you did. So today, what do you want me to do about it? I know for me personally, that would completely change Every single day of my life. That would make me act in a very, very different way. Because I'm so susceptible to just saying, yeah, Jesus died for me. Yeah, yeah, Jesus died for me, guys. Jesus died for me. And it becomes a flippant comment. But we can't afford to let it become that. We can't afford to let it just be a story that we tell. We can't, let it, we can't afford to let it to just be something that we talk about on a Sunday morning. Because it's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's absolutely everything. The fact that Jesus died is everything. Nothing matters outside of that. Has anybody seen Madagascar? It's a bit of a change of pace. Hands up. Have you seen Madagascar? Anybody seen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Loads of people. Okay. Fantastic. So Madagascar, if you haven't seen it, the opening scene is this. Okay. You've got a zebra and he is running through a field and he's free and he's in the wild and he's having the best time. And he's like, this is where I belong. I'm meant to be here. This is incredible. And then reality hits and it turns out he's just running on a treadmill in a zoo in New York City. Okay. So it's a little bit different to running in the wild. And he gets really down and he's gutted and he's like, oh man, I know I'm meant to be out there. I know I'm meant to be in the wild. And his friends, a, uh, a lion, a hippo and a giraffe, they get, they get around him and they say, Why, what's, what's up, man? What, what's going on? And he's saying, I just, I just know I'm meant to be caught. I'm, I'm called to go further than this. I'm not meant to stay here. I'm not meant to be caged in this zoo. I'm not meant to be boxing. I'm meant to go and I'm meant to live in the wild. And they're like... What? Why? Why would you go into the wild? We have everything we need here. We have absolutely everything we need here. We get, we get fed all the time. We have shelter. It's safe. People come and they just love us. Why, why would you want to go? And he's like, I, I don't know. I just know that this isn't what I'm called to. I'm not called to just be here caged in I know that I'm meant to just go and we could get we could so easily get comfortable just with church on a Sunday couldn't we we could get so comfortable just saying you know church my, my, my faith Christianity it's just about like this this Sunday morning thing this Sunday morning gathering you know I just I just go hang out with my friends it's safe but that's not what we're called to do and I'm so glad that I'm in a church with a leader who says we're about seeing people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus. We're not going to stay boxed in. We're not going to be insular. We're going to go out and we're going to reach people because that's what we're called to do. We're called to live lives that can't be ignored. We can't afford to play it safe. So how do we make sure that we as individuals, as a church, we don't get boxed off. We don't just close ourselves in. It starts with getting out of our comfort zones. It starts with getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're called to do two things in this life. We're called to just love God with everything that we've got. We're called to love God with everything that we've got. And we're called to love people. And I don't want this message to feel like it's like a condemning. You know, we're not doing enough. We're not do- we need to step out. Come on, what are we doing? Stop being like that. Because that's not, that's not my heart in it. that's not God's heart. Because you see, God is a perfect father and he loves you. He adores you. And I don't want anybody to count themselves out of that and think, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but you haven't seen what I was doing last weekend. God loves you. And I feel like we just need to approach God with that attitude. We just need to come to God, a God who loves us, a perfect good father and firstly recognize that and just sit in that and maybe just reflect Jesus I don't want the fact that you died for me to just be a story that I hear I need it to be a reality in my life but that starts with coming to Jesus first that starts with bringing that to God because he loves you and he cares for you he's not going to tell you off he's not going to say I'm so disappointed in you that's not what God does he'll meet you where you're at with love so I just I wonder if you wanted to just stand with me and let's just reflect on who God is reflect on what Jesus has done for us and I just want to encourage you in this time when we're going to be singing and we're going to worship God I just want to encourage you to bring those two questions to God and just be really honest God am I distracted and am I comfortable if you decide to bow your heads I'm just going to pray before we go into worship I thank you for what you've done for us Jesus I thank you that you died for us God I pray that that wouldn't just be a story that we hear but God it would be a reality in our lives I pray that whether we feel distracted or, or comfortable God that we will be able to bring that to you now And to have a real, honest, and open conversation with our loving, caring.